When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing great. Uh, it is Thursday, and Thursday means that it is time for our player of the week, team of the week discussion. Um, very excited. Always one of my favorite shows to record. And um, yeah, I think we, you know, there's a lot of notable names at least on my list but also some guys that you may have never even heard of but just had uh awesome weeks so very excited to talk about it yeah this is this is really i think a good mix uh but let's go ahead and dive in while we've got the opportunity brandon you want to start opening up i mean i'm sure you're going to be the one much more excited to talk about this guy than i am we went unanimous at the pitchers to the pitcher situation and the player of the week situation so let's go ahead and bang those out in one fell swoop yeah uh we're going with shohei otani here uh i mean he is the fan graphs leader in pitching war over the last seven days you're talking 13 innings from otani a 0.69 era um and just looked dominant in the two starts that he made this week um you know not really much more to add. You know, he had 16 strikeouts across those 13 innings. One earned run, which was on a solo home run. Just two walks, uh, eight hits. And, um, yeah, you you pair that with a very nice week that he had at the plate. And it seems pretty simple for the pick for player of the week at the pitcher position, player of the week in general. Um, we might as well just talk about it first, um, like LJ said. Yeah, this is his first this is his first time on or excuse me, second time on any list. Brandon, you picked him as your DH back in week two. 
So, you know, it took a little longer than a lot of people probably expected for him to get in here. But again, the beauty of Shohei Otani is more in the accumulation of value, not the flash and the pop. I mean, he's going to, He's going to be consistently good with the bat. He's going to be a consistently good pitcher. And the fact that he's doing both is where really where he shines through as a top five player in the league. Top one player in the league, I should add. Top one, at least to me, to me. Okay. Um, okay. All right, LJ, we also agreed on catcher. um, And I believe you have a small anecdote to go along with this guy that you were texting me about the other day. Um. Not really sure what you're your, talking your about. Uncle. Either week, either way, um, had a fantastic week. Uh, seven games this week, one home run, and 11 RBIs. Only one close to that number among the catchers. Wa'owa batting a 4-4-0 batting average on the week. Just fantastic stuff. Yeah, Tyler Stevenson certainly uh, did have a good week. Um, I end up picking him as well. Um, you know, you talk about the 11 RBIs um, across the seven games he played. Just super impressive. And LJ, honestly, the Reds did not have the worst week. Um, it could have been a lot worse uh, what they've done so far this week. They beat the Brewers yesterday, the YouTube TV free game of the day. Um yeah, I mean, they the offense is starting to turn it around a little, and in large part, thanks to Tyler Stevenson. Yeah, this is this has been a, this has been a really good stretch. You know, you get the Pirates twice in a fourteen day stretch, and that's going to help build some of that confidence. Even if you're not winning every single one of those games, either way, you're going to get some positives out of it. You're going to possibly get out of the thirty hole. <laughs> yeah. Um. LJ, first base, um, where are you going here? I, you know, we talked a little bit about this guy um, in terms of that White Sox Guardian series, uh, game of the year that me and you both thought happened the other day. Yeah, I'm going with Josh. Don't give me the smoke, Naylor. Dude was hopped up on something. Uh, I'm not sure who was more hopped up on something by the end of their athletic competition this week. Josh Naylor or Rich Strike during the Kentucky Derby. But <laughs> either way, they were all gas, no breaks. He finishes five games this week, slashes 368, 409, 895, with three home runs and 11 RBIs. Of course, I believe eight of those RBIs came after the seventh inning in the game of the year between the White Sox and the Guardians, where they came back and won that one of course but brandon you went in a little different direction i'm picking another reds player and i can't believe i'm saying that but colin moran uh 30 plate appearances across seven games this week four home runs 13 rbis in 30 plate appearances i mean he's essentially getting you an rbi every other plate appearance that's not bad lj that's okay it's okay. Every other plate appearance, just driving in a run for your team. Uh, ends the week, 259 average, 333 on base, 741 slug, and uh, a .5 F war. Uh, really great week for both Tyler Stevenson and Colin 
Moran. Probably, actually, I will almost guarantee this is the only time for the rest of the year that I pick two Cincinnati Reds players. Well, I mean, no. In the same in the same week. Don't box yourself in. Oh, I'm not. I'm just saying, baby. I mean, come on. I mean, realistically, you're talking here. You know, Jonathan India gets back, and then all of a sudden, you're getting the uh, Jonathan India Tyler Stevenson tandem in there because, at this point, this is what at least two, maybe three appearances. This is three, four appearances technically between both of our lists for Tyler Stevenson to start the year. I can't imagine he'll be shut out for the rest of the time. It, it's not unlikely. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, it's just strange to see a guy like Colin Moran after to have just a huge week. But Oh, agree. Anyone who's, again, played for the teams that he's played for, uh, you're not going <laughs> to see very often. You're probably not seeing Colin Moran on this list again. But speaking of middle infielders like Jonathan India, let's go ahead and move into second base. And second base, I ended up going with Jose Altuve here, of course, of the Houston Astros. He plays in six games this week, hits three home runs, drives in only himself on all of those. So not a great week in terms of getting base runners on for the Astros, but he still slashes 450, 522, 900 for the week. Really strong time with the bat this run through. Altuve, certainly a great choice there, had a fantastic week, but I think there was another second baseman that one-upped him this week, and that is Gene Segura. Um, I've been following him quite a bit because he is on my fantasy team, and this was one of the better weeks of hitting that that we've seen. Um, 24 plate appearances in six games. You're talking three home runs, six RBIs, a slash line with it's just insane. A 5.79 batting average, 6.67 on base percentage, 1.053 slugging percentage, uh, and zero That's point. That's something out of MLB The Show. Yeah, it's it's straight out of MLB The Show. Um, I, I definitely couldn't have a better six game stretch, um, in MLB The Show than Gene Segura just had, and you're talking 0.8 WAR across six games. Uh. Pretty damn good for Gene Segura and the Phillies. Um, and, you know, a guy that is kind of been, like, severely underrated his entire career in Gene Segura, in my, in, my, in my mind. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, really, there was a point in time where I think he should have come up as, at least in the discussion, for top contact hitters. This is a guy who has had a 200-hit season led the NL in hits in 2016 with Arizona. This this is a this is a really good hitter, really good contact hitter, 300 type of guy at his best. And he proved it this week again. You know, you got 20 20% walk rate to an 8% strikeout rate is also something you'd love to see because mentally he's all there this week. Absolutely. Um well, I will move on to third base and I go with a very familiar face on these lists, and it is none other than Manny Machado, your current Fangraphs war leader, um, sitting at, for the whole season, 3.0. Next closest is Mike Trout at 2.4. But Manny Machado this week, um, yet another fantastic week. This is the third time he's appeared on my uh 
team of the week list in only five weeks of doing this. He has seven games, two home runs, four RBIs, a stolen base. Uh, you throw in the batting average of 458, a 552 on base, 750 slugging percentage, um, and a lot of positive, a defensive value coming from him this week as well gives him 0.8 war in the last seven games uh just you know Manny Machado doing 2022 Manny Machado things you know who else had a great week uh Rafael Devers of the Boston Red Sox in six games he puts one out drives in five and slashes 435 500 696 just again terrific he's been locked in really since probably the first game of that Chicago series after that has been locked right in and it was certainly locked in in these last couple games against the Braves ultimately it was a really really close call for me between Devers and Machado this week especially with the week that Devers had with the glove ultimately Machado lost the likability test so that broke the tie (laughs) Manny Machado losing an LJ like ability test. What are the odds of that happening? What uh, are the odds? <laughs> well, on to shortstop. Um, we both agree here that it is Jeremy Pena of the Houston Astros who this award will be going to. Six games, uh, only gets 19 plate appearances, but certainly did a lot with them. Uh, 375 average, 421 on base, 625 slugging percentage. And uh, LJ, we're talking about a guy who has had tremendous uh, defensive value so far this season in Jeremy Pena. Oh, fantastic. And, you know, yeah, just a great week. It came down ultimately between him and Andres Jimenez again coming up. With a remarkable week, I very much considered picking him at shortstop this week after picking him at second last week. Ultimately, again, it was a matter of those things that you can't teach, the discipline stuff. Jeremy Pena walked more and struck out less. I That was just, that was the ultimate deciding factor between two guys who had very comparable weeks. And uh, I just looked it up on StatCast. Jeremy Pena in the 97th percentile for outs above average so far this season. Filling Correa's shoes uh, even uh, just extremely well. I don't even want to say replacing because he's just fully just kept so much value that Correa had just still within that Houston organization. And the kid's only 24. Uh, just looked really, really good so far this season. Four outs. Four outs above. Has he played? Yeah, he's played most of them. Because, again, could you imagine there's there's some of these guys who don't get nearly enough time. I mean, Christian Pache, his numbers are great, but he's not getting nearly as much time in the field. Because he can't hit. The, yeah. So, ultimately, there's some guys that it's like, can you imagine what they could do or what they'd be doing if they got out there all the time? He's at least fortunate enough to be able to be the everyday shortstop for them, and he's earning it with the bat, too. All right, LJ, on to left field. Um, who did you go with here? Brandon. I went with Brandon. Brandon <laughs> Thank Mark. you. Thank you so much, LJ. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up. It, it definitely was Brandon Marsh. 
He plays seven games this week, hits two home runs, drives in four, slashing 296, 333, 519. This is just, this was a really solid week plus defensive week. Everything, everything I could be asking for out of Brandon Marsh, it kind of got this week, which is really great because this team just, they need all of the momentum that they can get right now. You gotta, if you're the Angels, you haven't been to the playoffs since, what year was it? 2013? 14? I was going to say 14 or 15. Either way, it's been an obscenely long time. If you have momentum right now, you need to capitalize on it and you need to get as many games ahead of Houston as you possibly can early in the season before things go down downhill. Right now, you're currently tied with them, but you know there's still there's still a really good chance that you can get on another run and push yourself back up here at 21 and 12. This is kind of the time of year for them to do it, and he's making a big push towards that. Yeah, it was 2014 when the Angels last made the playoffs. Um, they unfortunately had to run into that Kansas City Royals team, which ends up making and losing in the World Series in seven games to the Giants. So, um, yeah, that's where the Angels stand. And you're right, LJ, 21-12, um, and 12, a fantastic record. I certainly think that they're overperforming a little bit. But at the same time, this team has all the talent in place to go on a run this summer. There's certainly nothing that makes me think that they can't do that. Wait, would you really say that they're overperforming, though? Because I think... Maybe a at, little. A few you games. You look at this group, and again, there's so much star power here, and there's enough of it now. You finally get Taylor Ward regular at bats, and he's proving to be 100% worth it. I mean, at this point, again, we're not to that those 200 plate appearances. We're not even close for a guy like Taylor Ward who wasn't getting every at bat to begin the season. But either way, through 100 at bats... I feel comfortable that he's going to be a solid major league contributor, even if he isn't an all-star sub all-star, like he's going to be a two war guy at, at minimum this year is really with the way his production has been feeling out to me. Yeah, no, it's not the offense. It's, it's the pitching to me. That's been at least the starting pitching has overperformed a lot. I mean, you look at that rotation and you're telling me that it's going to be sixth in ERA right now. Like no way I'm buying that at the start of the season. Well, I'll buy Shohei Otani and I'll buy Noah Syndergaard 100%. And then the two lefties here, Patrick Sandoval and Reed Detmers, are both incredibly young. So you really shouldn't have any hard expectations on what they were capable of doing. I wouldn't say that they're overperforming what they're capable of. What scares the crap out of me with this team is their ridiculous lack of depth. And it's already kind of starting to show. You know, you've got Max Stassi and Kurt Suzuki currently on the injured list you know those those are two pretty big pieces to fall david fletcher falls has surgery um oh he had the surgery what was it two days ago Uh, had abductor surgery so it's um you know they haven't had a lot of huge injuries to start the year but i don't think this organization and this team is deep enough to really support itself if one of the big one fall ones fall if Otani, if Rendon falls, if, if Walsh falls, I just, I don't see even one of the pitchers. I mean, if you lose to Para, Looper, Iglesias, 
where is this team looking? How is this team looking? So ultimately, I think they're not deep enough to be a division winner, assumed division winner. But if they were to stay healthy, I think this team's plenty talented. I will certainly not disagree with that. Uh, my left fielder, I'm going to the NL Central. I'm going to go bold. I'm going to go with Christian Yelich of the Milwaukee Brewers for the second week in a row. Christian Yelich hits for the cycle yesterday, the third time that he's done so in his career, all three times against the Cincinnati Reds franchise. Um, and I'm in on Christian Yelich, by the way. Um, well, let's, again, let's slow the brakes. You still have three more days to decide. Okay, so so we, we are confirming that it is Mondays when I when I choose whether or not I'm in on Christian Yelich. If, if we are wrong and somebody wants to tweet at us, that's encouraged. But I'm 90% sure that this was a conversation about how the Brewers' season was going. Okay. That got you to say you were out on him. Because there was no way you said you were out on him the same day you picked him on as your team. So I and must have picked him. <laughs> I picked him yeah. for team of the week. And then somehow... Four days later, three days later, I just, I, I just, I talked myself out of it. Now, three days after that, I've talked myself back into Christian Yelich. Um, you're talking two home runs, six RBIs, 357 batting average, 438 on base, and a 750 slugging percentage this week for the 2018 National League MVP, Christian Yelich. Still a far fall from. I still can't believe again, we're celebrating, deservedly so. It's great to have him back. That's not what I'm trying to say here, but we're celebrating a 259 batting average for a guy who won back-to-back batting titles. Seems a little wild. And but, probably should have got back-to-back MVPs if we're being honest. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 100. <laughs> from a uh, offensive perspective, he, he yeah. But we went yes we went unanimous again here in center field with who other than sir mike trout mike trout had a heck of a week brandon six games three homers eight rbis slash 421 522 947 just utter dominance from him and it wasn't even that great a week from a strikeout standpoint he strikes out 30 percent of in 30 percent of his play appearances this week and still is able to put up those numbers. That strikeout rate isn't a very trout strikeout rate. So there's room to improve on this. This is kind of like me. This is like me uh, looking at my uh, bowling scores last night. You know, it, it, it's a it's a solid start. It's a solid week, but I can find spaces I can do better. Trout can find places he can do better, and that's just crazy right now. It it, it, it he will always seem to amaze me just how he can have these weeks where he is just far and away the best center fielder. I mean, sure, Cedric Mullins had a great week this week, like really good, but the numbers, they just don't stack up. Like, I'm convinced that weighted runs created plus and war were just made for Mike Trout because it it doesn't make sense how his numbers in those stats just consistently are lapping the field. It's it's crazy. I mean, he brings value a lot of ways, but 
Yeah, that's always honestly that might be something that haunts him as being, you know, we were talking about a little bit with Stanton yesterday. This is going to be the first group of players that gets in on modern analytics as well as the old older metrics. And that is going to hurt I think his legacy case quite a bit just because he is so ridiculous with stuff like war and people are going to have to question and rightfully so is he as good as people say he is or is he just a product of like his reputation is his reputation a product of statistics that happen to just fit his game really well like if you do everything that a everything that a specific statistic asks for you could be doing really well but you might not necessarily be the best player if you get what i mean Oh, yeah, I 100% get what you mean. I think in baseball, it's a lot harder to do it, though, just because there's so few outcomes of what can happen in a plate oh, appearance. Sure, sure. And um, also, you know, we're obviously big on the eye test. Um, and I would say Mike Trout, at least his plate approach, is the best I've ever seen. Um, no one else approaches a singular at-bat the same way that he does. Um, the ability to walk at least for him, has always been what's most amazing to me, how he's just so smart and he knows that if a pitcher gives him a pitch over the middle of the plate, he can just crush it. So pitchers are so scared to face him that they're like, yeah, we might as well just walk him. And um, it's like the closest thing to like a bonds that that we've that we've seen i mean you're talking about trout a guy who could hit 45 home runs and we wouldn't be surprised a guy who could steal 30 bases we and we won't be surprised he could hit 300 he could have a 450 on base percentage on uh, an over 600 slugging percentage for a single season he could do all, any of that in any given season and we wouldn't be surprised um that's that's what's crazy just so many different facets of the game Again, I I won't disagree with you. I I 100% agree on here. He is the best we've seen, but that's gonna be it's gonna be something we're gonna have to talk about because especially as we get more and more math oriented now. Oh no, it's it's a great point. I completely ag- agree. Um, totally. But Brandon, let's go ahead. Unless you have anything else to add, move over to right field. Right field. I decided to go in an interesting direction an exciting direction you talk about not taking many uh cincinnati reds i'll give you one better i'm gonna take a pittsburgh pirate here jack sawinski their right fielder of course plays six games this week slashes 294 429 765 in an overall pretty weak week in right field but more importantly he hits two out this week both against the Dodgers and their great pitching staff. So that ultimately, that was the decider here. Yeah, uh, Jack Sawinski, certainly a great week. Uh, I end up going with Manny Margot of the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, in just five games this week, LJ, you're talking three home runs, eight RBIs, and four stolen bases. Uh for a batting average of 500, 563, and then a slugging of 1.143 in those five games. Perfect. All right, DH. Um, we're, so here's here's the thing with, with a DH. So LJ and I have kind of come to an agreement that 
we don't care if we just pick the best remaining hitter here for the week. I'm trying to at least find a guy who made a few appearances at DH for the week or is his team is not afraid to use them at a DH. LJ, you're kind of the same or I'd prefer to like unless there's like a real standout week. Actually no, I can't even say that. Honestly, it really should be we're looking for a guy if you qualify at DH, it doesn't matter how many games you play. If you qualify there, if you've had a batter or two you're in well lj um you went with a guy who i was very very close to picking and changed my mind at the last second and um a guy who you highlighted in the preseason primer for who you thought could have a, a bounce back year and this is certainly a great week for him yeah honestly it's not even a bounce back year it's just a stepping stone year after a solid first year pete alonzo really stepped up this week he ends up slashing 444 545 1000 for a ridiculous uh, 320 weighted runs created plus hits three out of the park this week drives in seven what more do you need i'm just rattling off facts at this point but either way he's doing honestly exactly what i expected out of a guy with that talent he's hitting the bombs that we all kind of thought he would striking out a little less i mean 22 percent isn't great but it's good It, it is good and he could walk more but That'll come in time. Either way, in 32 games, he's hit eight out, and that is tied for first among qualified DHs. It's him and Jordan Alvarez. So, overall, this is just – this is exactly what I could uh, – everything I expected out of Petey the Polar Bear. And he's going to be, again, in this home run race right down to the end, I think, for the National League. I end up going with one of my favorite players in the league, and he is so back. And it is Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Atlanta Braves. Um, we're talking I two. I thought you were going to home- take Christian Yelich twice. Uh, <laughs> I mean, don't give me any ideas now. Um, please <laughs> don't, don't, don't give me any ideas. We could have a Christian Yelich daily segment. What if we made Christian Yelich daily podcast? Now, podcast. No, that's that's gonna be like, just watch. Five years down the road, we make it big. We're doing this full time. Brandon decides he's reload. He's gonna relocate to Milwaukee, and do both MLB Daily and Christian Yelich Daily, where he just follows Christian Yelich around for around every day and reports on what he did. Well, Ronald Acuna, the four games he played this week, two homers. Three RBIs, three stolen bases. He also scored from first base on a pop-up um, to, to, to the shallow outfield. Um, he is the best base runner in the league outside of, you know, some of those, like, perennial stolen base guys like a Buxton or even like a Starling Marte. I, I find it hard to find another guy who can run the bases as well as he does. Um, the power is there. He hit one home run when he literally fell down, like fell down and still hit the ball 430 feet or something. Um, another homer where he pulls out the LeBron James celebration, um, which, you know, that was the only time ESPN 
felt the need to tweet about baseball was because LeBron tweeted about someone doing his celebration. Um, so that was nice to see Acuna get a little bit of recognition from that. But you're talking about a 430 batting average, 929 slugging for the week, a half a war. Not bad um, for Acuna. And for one of my favorite players, I'm, it's very nice to see him back and healthy and performing well. Absolutely. It's just, it's great. And, you know, you're going to see even more value out of this guy, even more fun out of this guy. The less he, the better he, more he plays, the better he plays, the more he's going to get in the field. Like, there's really only up for this guy. Honestly, I think only up. I feel, I feel best about three guys right now. Manny Machado, Mike Trout, and Ronald Acuna. All because... There's really, I don't see much down to them. Trout, Machado, they're both doing great things, but they're not, they're consistently not doing crazy things. All of their stats always somehow manage to be believable enough that you think they're not just getting hot and having a good week and they're going to come back down to earth for a little bit and then bounce back up. You're, I feel like genuinely we're going to see out of those two, Machado, especially Machado and Trout, very, very few bad weeks. We're just going to see a consistent, uh, incline in war probably end up leading to an MVP. Like seeing these guys, I wouldn't be shocked to see they're now what three and two and a half during May. So you're talking maybe three and a half for yeah, either way. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make up math right now for no reason, but you're talking about potentially I could see two 10 war seasons where they don't really have a bad week. And Acuna's only going to get more responsibility and more playing time the farther he comes back from this injury. So it's just very exciting. I'll throw one other name in there, and then we'll wrap it up. But I'll throw Jose Ramirez uh, on the Guardians in there as well. Just a guy that has not really had a bad week yet. Um, and a guy that we certainly know can, can do it season after season. Absolutely. Well, do you have anything else? Anything going from today's games? Um, oh, the officiating in last night's Reds, uh, Braves Red Sox game. Oh, yeah, up. I did not. So I saw the walk off home run, but that was about it. Look up the Kevin Ploiecki strikeout. Okay, it, it's the one that got both Kevin Ploiecki, who you know you've probably never heard see, say boo, and Alex Cora thrown out. I believe a Braves player also had gotten thrown out earlier in the game as well over another incident. It, there, was, there was some rough stuff, a very low strike zone. It's Again, it's, embarrass, it's embarrassing for their product that the league gives these umpires two inches. So- that, that was one of the craziest things I've ever read the other day when, when I saw that. But it's like there's no point to it, you know? They're basically what I'm, what I'm sure they're doing is they're giving them this two inch grace period. And then they're being super hard. Like they've got a very hard line on their statistics. Like if you're like more than like 90, less than 95% accurate, you're either gone, done, or you're like fined or like reprimanded. Brandon, why not just say, all right, as long as you get 90% of the calls correct and then actually call the strike zone. Isn't that a more efficient way? Like loosen, loosen your grip on your expectation, but get the actual calls. Just seems like a way better way to judge 
these guys on their talent and on their performance. Well, LJ, you're asking the MLB to use something called logic, reasoning. Um, what do you mean? They, they use logic and reasoning. Uh, How else did they come up with Home Run Derby X? <laughs> How else did they come up with the how the new ball was gonna play in 2022? Oh, did did you see the thing? One last thing before we end the show, LJ. I tagged you in something the other day. There was two. So there's an account called MLB MLB Barrels Alert, and it shows how. If a player hits a barrel, which is 95 miles an hour or more off the bat, and, like, I think more than, like, 8 degrees launch angle or 12 degrees launch angle, and then it shows how far it went. So, LJ, um, first first case. Now, listen to the numbers carefully. Lord is Guriel Jr. off of Nathan Eovaldi. Exit velocity, 100.1 miles an hour. Launch angle, 24 degrees. 380 feet, home run. Okay. Okay, got that. Joey Gallo off Jose Barrios. 100.4 miles an hour exit velocity. Alright. 24 degree launch angle. Okay. So, with that information, you would think... If Lord is Gurriel, this is going three fifty. At least three fifty, right? Like three hundred, three hundred feet fly out, and it's hit with the same exit velocity, same launch angle. Now, of course, this isn't taking into account wind, spin on the ball as it comes off the bat, um, really any of that stuff, but. It amazes me how one game was on national TV, the other wasn't, and the national TV game went further. Just oh, there's there, there's fishy stuff going on there, and I think you know, it's literally Pete the Alonso, same thing. Like Pete Alonso called it out. Yeah, um, Pete Alonso, Pete Alonso, looking smarter and smarter every single day. They're they're 100 doing it. We all know they're doing it, but at the end of the day, do I really care that much? Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to say that I'm all for the integrity of the sport, but honestly, the dead ball is probably doing more for the integrity of the sport than the actual sport can do. Like, I firmly believe as much as like some of the fun stuff is gone. Like, I'm not sure if you saw it, Franchi Cordero's 112 mile an hour fly out to right field at Fenway last weekend. Um, barely barely missed in right field on the short right field like it was ridiculous it was inconceivable that it was a fly out either way i like the fact that it's taking away three true outcomes guys what three true out- outcome guy in the league a pure three true outcome guy do you see that's succeeding right now it's not joey gallo it's not yasmani grandal i mean these guys that made their whole careers out of hitting the ball really hard and saying, all right, I don't care how many times I hit it, which is kind of your job in baseball is to hit the ball a lot. But as long as I get it out of the park every single time I go up, it's not going to matter. All of a sudden, their numbers suck because they're not able to hit it out at nearly the same rate. You need to be, a, you need to be more than just crushing the ball. You need to be an actual hitter to be in Major League Baseball. And the dead ball is kind of doing that for me. 
That's a great point. I certainly have no arguments there. Um, and interested to see how we look in a few months. Um, a, a few months from now, just checking in on stuff like that because it is really interesting. And this is such a new ball and the way the ball's reacting. Um, very interesting for sure. But um, I think that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you guys for listening. Check us out Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. And uh, until then, we will see you. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 